You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, The Monkey, the Leopard, and the Kitten. Murray, you have this whole theory about how everybody has an animal that they're like. Right, yeah. Right, am I getting that right? Yeah. I'm not sure if you would consider it a talent. Maybe you do. Like you're able to look at someone and then... Yeah, and then... I'd call it more of a tick than a talent, but basically, yeah, when, when I see someone... Probably within 10 minutes, I've kind of... You could tell what animal they are. What, what animal they most look like, yep. Mm-hmm. How, how, long, how long have you been doing this? Probably forever. I think probably since I started thinking. It's always an association that you made. Yeah, I think it's probably the sort of thing that kids do. I just never stopped. And I've gotten into lots of trouble telling people what animal they remind me of. Uh-huh. Huge amounts. And it, it was like a weird social tick for a while where I just was constantly doing it because I thought it was like a kind of like weird kind of observation that people might appreciate about themselves. So, you know, the conversation would go something like, you know, has anyone ever told you what animal you look like? And immediately they'd be like, no, you know, tell me. And, you know, they're hoping for, you know, you look like a fox or <laughs> I don't even know what a good animal is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, inevitably, I'd be like, you look like a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Or, you know, to this one person, I actually told him, and he's a bit of a heavy set man, you look like a whale. But it actually wasn't an observation that had anything to do with his weight. Right. Um, it was actually more his eyes, which were very far apart, which I think is actually like a beautiful feature. But he had these eyes that were kind of like almost on either side of his head. And then there was another woman. And again, this is something I thought was amazing because she had these beautiful almond-shaped eyes. And I just said, you look like a cobra, which to me sounds amazing because mm-hmm. I see myself as kind of like a mix of cow slash cocker spaniel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, if someone said, you look like a cobra, I mean, that's kind of sleek and amazing and, you know, I'd love it sort of thing. But I said it to her and she just immediately thought I was calling her a snake. But but are you looking for some kind of more, like intrinsic essential quality in the person, or if they have there like you know little glasses, you're going to think oh owl. If you're deer or doe, usually you've got a kind of calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know you have to have this kind of Bambi something or other in order to be you know a deer or a doe. Like you know no matter how gentle and unlined your eyes are, if you're kind of a bit of a lunatic, nobody's going to say oh you look like a deer, right? So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some people at you, and you're gonna tell me what animal they are. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm um, ready. Prince Charles. Prince Charles, definitely. He's got kind of like weird crossed eyes and the huge ears, almost like if an elephant was skinny. Like I could see him kind of looking a bit like an, em- an emaciated elephant. It's, I, I haven't got quite a handle on Prince Charles yet, but give me another one. Okay, all right. Uh, George W. Bush? He's definitely monkey. Yeah, I see monkey for sure. He's, I would say he's like almost 100% monkey. Hmm. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow? Turtle. Right off the bat? Turtle. Total turtle. She's got a wide neck mm-hmm. that's kind of long and sticky-outy, kind of craning out of its shell sort of thing and she's got a very small head mm-hmm. like a remarkably small head for a celebrity which you usually don't see that usually celebrities have huge heads 
Right. So when you've got the kind of head-neck ratio that's kind of like the head is not much bigger than the neck, then they often come out turtle. Stephen Harper? Stephen Harper has got whale and bear. He's got a lot of bear, but not in a good way. He's got bear in like the teddy bear's picnic. Do you know that song? Yeah. Where it's kind of this lumbering doo-dum, 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 doo-dum. He's got that. So I guess, well, this leads me to my next question. What, what animal do you see me as? Well, you're a weird one because when I met you, and it was the first day I met you, and I remember we were outside the CBC. It must have been around four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought, he looks like Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss? Yeah, the cartoon. It was a Hanna-Barbera character. The, okay, first of all, that, that's not even an animal. It's a snagglepuss. It's not. It's not a dignified one. I would never have normally told you that, but you know, you you asked, and we are having this conversation. So, okay, but let me think of a real animal. Okay, I've got an animal. Okay. A hyena. Wha- okay, why a hyena? Because you've kind of kind of got this like hissing laugh. You're hunched over a bit, right? A bit hunched got, over. You know, the kind of Eastern European posture, if I can Like call a it. hyena is an Eastern European no, shtetl animal. It's not an Eastern European animal, but it's kind of like... <laughs> it's a bit sinister. Mm-hmm. I would say that you're a hyena monkey mix. A monkey. A kind of tree-swinging monkey, that kind of monkey. And it's also your hairline. Is monkey-like? A bit. Mm-hmm. But not Simeon. Yes, yeah, see, Simeon's a problem. You see, it, it always leads to a problem. No, I mean, because I think of, like, monkeys as playful. Is that a part of it? Like, no. kind of athletic? No, that's that's more like an ape. Not, but, and you know, and monkeys are, they're, they're, they're kind of cute. Kind of screeching. Cl- good climber. No, 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 no. You know as well as I do that that's not you. That's, yeah. It's not. Uh-huh. Maybe a bit of a depressed monkey. Yeah. The kind of quiet, studious monkey right, who's right, sitting right. at the base of the tree while all of his monkey brethren are kind of, you know, just swinging around, having a great time. Mm-hmm. And you'd be the monkey at the base of the palm tree, just thinking about what a good time they're having, and yet somehow you're just kind of sitting there. But happy for them. No. In the tree. No, no, no. Does it affect the the way that you interact with people? Like once you've sort of figured out what animal that they remind you of, like do you find yourself relating to uh, dogs in a different way than you would to cats or something? I think I'm probably more partial to to the dog people, and these are not people who like dogs. Again, it's people who look like dogs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> terrible because there are all these metaphors you know i mean people use this language of animals to describe people's negative traits usually right Mm -hmm. so i'm calling for a reversal of that mode of thought and you know using animals to do the opposite that's what i'm proposing so so you're looking forward to the the, you know the dawn of of a new era where someone could tell someone else that they're a pig without having that be offensive Yes, I I suppose that would be my ideal world, Jonathan. 
If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you go down in the woods today, you'd better go in disguise. For every bear that ever there was will gather there for certain, because today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. The world at large may very well see me as a monkey, a screechy, toothless, pot-bellied monkey given to wearing bowler hats, novelty neckties, and suspenders attached to a diaper. But that is not how I see myself. And it is, I believe, my right to see myself as the animal of my own choosing. With this in mind, I confide to you that I have always secretly seen myself as a leopard. A slow, mindful leopard, sure-footed and keen-eyed, mainly vegetarian, a taste for coriander tofu more than, say, the blood of a frightened doe. A leopard that will not rip the fat from an antelope's belly, but will rip the fat off an ungrounded argument. I am imagining a reasonable leopard. Oh, sure, he'll eat meat sometimes. After all, I do not see myself as a fanatical leopard. I am imagining a leopard that is not a fanatic, a leopard that is both measured and modest, a leopard in a leopard-skin loincloth, a leopard given to silent rumination and knowing glances, a leopard that wears its fur like a loose and easy Monte Carlo tuxedo, the bow tie undone and the sleeves rolled up. The leopard of my mind does not scratch or bite so much as issue stinging rejoinders or slaps across the mouth with his paw. You simpering fool, he might cry, the sting of his slap laid fresh on your cheek. I am imagining a leopard named Leonard, a leopard that can change his spots, nay, must change his spots, a leopard that lives for change, chameleon-like, this leopard, requesting his eggs poached one Sunday and then scrambled the next, a leopard that would change the way the world sees leopards, a leopard that dares stray from leopardhood. I mean, sure, he may have lapses, sometimes forget himself, and in a moment of righteous, provoked fury, reclaim his nature and bite, say, the accusing index finger of an adversary right off his hand. But that would be most rare. Maybe once every three or four years, tops. Most of the time, he would be the very model of good citizenship. Still, other animals will know of what he is capable, and this will serve him well. They will know that although this be a cultured intellectual leopard, a loving leopard, he is one that you would better not mess with. And that is the kind of animal I would like to see myself as. What animal do you see yourself as? A kitten. How come? Um, I, I love to chase toilet paper around, and, and I, like, uh, I, I like being small and... I like being inconspicuous. I like eavesdropping on conversations. And Is that something that you think kittens do? They do, actually. You think kittens can understand English? Oh, yeah. Because kittens are also cuddly. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't mind being cuddled? I, I, I need to be cuddled. Uh-huh. Okay, my next question off of that. If you were my kitten... I don't think I'd, I'd want to be your kitten. Well, but then again, I mean, I, I don't think there, there would be any animal that... Uh, I guess if you domesticated an animal, that, that, that I don't think I'd want to be that animal. And when you say you, are you talking rhetorically or are you talking about me specifically? No, I'm talking specifically about you, actually. I don't. So, so in this scenario where you're envisioning yourself as a kitten, 
you're imagining yourself as whose kitten. Would you rather be my kitten or would you rather be Paris Hilton's kitten? Is it, I, is it, I mean, is your problem with just being, you know, owned or is it? I think I'd rather be Paris Hilton's. That's an easy question, though. You'd rather be her kitten? Yeah. Why? It would be a lot more fun to be Paris Hilton's kitten than yours. Um, there'd be probably a lot okay, of... Okay, okay, forget it. You're taking the question the wrong way. Would you rather be Hitler's kitten or my kitten? Hmm. You have to think about this. Well, I mean, you know, yes, you know, he was an evil, whatever kind of man, but I mean, do we really know how he felt about kittens? Unlike many of the animals found in the natural world that have come to represent ideas about freedom and independence, such as the soaring eagle or the self-reliant billy goat, for instance, I don't like to do things for myself. I like to have other people do things for me. It's just the way I am, and I'm not going to try and build a case for it. It's just that having people do my bidding has largely worked for me. As a child, during the winter, I remember each day after school, lying across my kindergarten teacher's desk and having her dress me in my winter clothes from head to toe. She would start with my snowsuit, then my hat, boots, gloves, and scarf as I lay there like a mollusk washed up onto the shore. While the other children in class took great delight in achieving some self-reliance, learning to lace up their own boots and such, I myself could not care less. That stuff, that independent stuff, struck me as a dead end. And as long as people were willing to do my dirty work, I was on easy street. As I got older, I constantly devised ways of getting out of doing stuff. One of my techniques was learned incompetence. For instance, when my mother requested my help preparing a meal, I would drop so many vegetables, burn so much soup, that eventually she decided that the best way for me to help was to just stay out of her kitchen. I once asked a girlfriend of mine if she would still stay with me, even if I became an invalid in need of constant care. I asked her this question during pillow talk, a time when one tends to be given to well-meaning, warm-hearted lies. I don't think I could handle that, she said, seeing you so inert. No, I don't think you'd even want to go on that way. Yes, I would, I said. The man I love would not be able to live that way, she said. This proved to be true, and we broke up shortly afterwards. Okay, if you were my kitten... And I were cuddling you, okay? Mm -hmm. I were cuddling you in a moment that you did not maybe particularly feel like being cuddled. Would you bite me? Would you bite me on the finger? With, you know, with your little, your little kitten teeth? No. Why? Because I think you would probably perceive that as, as, as playfully. And I'd, I'd, I'd sort of wait. I'd kind of, you know, um, um, you know, suffer through it. And then, and then, and then at some think, other time. Oh, and, and, and don't you think that's a pretty loaded word to use, suffer? But I mean, that you would suffer my cuddling. 
as a kitten, a kitten that enjoys being cuddled, that you would have to suffer my cuddling. But if you're imposing your cuddling on me, then it's not really cuddling, is it? It's something else. The problem with being a kitten, though, is almost everything that I would do would be perceived as cute, mm -hmm. and, you know, and cute and cuddly. If I bit you, if I, you know, howled or, you know, in, in terror or, or called for help, you know, from... Uh, that that you would probably go, oh, that's so cute, you know. If I mean, I bit you, I, I, you, I'm sure you'd like, you know, giggle or something, and and you know, whereas it would be, I I would be, you know, like panicking. I would I, I would be like, get me okay. out of here, stop this. All right. So if you would you if okay, would you be more inclined to be a kitten in my possession if you were a kitten that had shark's teeth or capable of not only holding a knife. But committing the a uh, stabbing gesture, so so the shark teeth, a uh, stabbing kitten, or maybe a kitten that were able to shoot a, t a tiny little um, kind of cat gun. I think if I could protect myself, uh, yes, yeah, I think I think so. I think if I if I if there was protection, if there was a, a number, for instance, I could call. Which I mean, you know, whatever that's fantasy. But if there was some sort of hotline number that I could call. Mm -hmm. Or or a support network that you know that uh, I could get in touch with when you started abusing me. Then I I yeah sure I would I would I would you know try that for a while. Uh huh. Abusing you right. Mm -hmm. So so any so any basically any time I'd cuddle you right without your wanting me to cuddle you. Mm -hmm. You you know you right within your cat power would alert the authorities so that. Uh, policemen, healthcare professionals, uh, social workers uh, would would show up at my at my home, right? Effectively, you know, ruining my standing in the community, publicly humiliating me, and, uh, and possibly destroying my career for cuddling you, right? For cuddling you when you you just you weren't in the mood, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, well, yeah, that's uh, that that's very playful, mischievous behavior, yeah. Um, playful. Well, it's 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 part it's it's being a kitten, right? That's being a kitten, all right. Being a man is different than being an animal. Unlike animals, man enjoys furniture, and in this way, I am not unlike other men. But my feelings about furniture do not come close to equaling my parents' feelings about furniture. The furniture in my parents' house is solid and cannot be moved. The armchair in their living room weighs 700 pounds and is made of goose down, oak, and lead. The coffee table weighs as much as an adult elephant, and the couch has the gravitational pull of a small planet. The end tables possess the weight of Hyundai's. The candy dish weighs as much as a Diplodocus egg. And even the curtains, were they to be cut loose from their rods by hatchet, would be capable of crushing a full-grown man. Everything in their living room has the feeling of permanence, inevitability even, as though each piece is bolted into the floor, more than the floor. It is as though my parents' furniture is bolted into the earth, as though this were a popular move in the 60s when they first married and bought the stuff. Have your furniture secured to titanium beams 500 feet below the earth's surface, the ad copy might have read. Do not suffer the humiliation of coming home to find your daybed spinning about in the eye of a tornado. If the landlord throws you out, just let him try and throw your furniture out. 
My parents' generation craved security, and they created my own sense of what it means to be secure. Furniture that cannot be moved by crane. This is what it meant to be a part of your community, to create a home among your neighbors that the big bad wolf could not blow down. My parents cringe when they look to my walls and see posters stuck there with scotch tape. You know, I can get you a nice brass frame. My father tells me, trying to sound offhand. No thanks, I say. For of course, such a frame hardly seems appropriate for a Ghostbusters poster. We live our lives as though our furniture and all of the other things that we will leave behind might allow us some degree of immortality, as though it might offer some form of perpetuity of our personhood. That our bronze coffee table will say something about the flesh and blood that bought it, and is now no more. That in our absence, our heart-shaped couch cushions might say something of our ability to have loved. Let, let me dispel this out for you, okay? All right.、Mm-hmm. You would be my kitten. I would treat you very well. I would get you the, you know, the premium brand cat food. Okay.、Um, I would have shag carpeting. Your paws would never have to touch. But once again, you're talking. I mean, I don't understand. Why can't you just answer? No. You know, why, I mean, why can't you just?、To. Why can't you just say yes? I would be your kitten. You're just, you're just being hostile at this point. No. I mean, I probably couldn't even become a cat, an adult, you know, a male adult or female adult cat.、I'd, Probably remain a kitten all my life. If you were my kitten, if I was your kitten, because I would stunt you, is what、I、you're saying. I think so. I'm trying to tell you that everything that you talked about is in terms of comfort and and you know monetary、uh, you know comfort and you'd be. I'm sure you'd be a good provider for me, right? As, as you, well, what I mean, and what else is there? What else is there for you know for a, for a kitten at least? I think Jonathan, you just answered your own question. I think if we were in therapy right now, this is where the the, the waterworks would start right here. That you just kind of answered your own question. That, you, that, you basically just said, you know, here's here,、uh, you know, here's some money. Here you go, you know, little kitten. Here's your, here's a rug. You know, here's some catnip. Here's some, you know, what else do you want? You want a little one of those little, you know, teddy things that, you know, like. All right. Do what, what do you what do you want to hear? That I would love you. Is that yes,、it? okay. Or something. All right. Like that, okay.、Something. Fine. Fine. If I opened my heart to you, all right, and told you every single day that I loved you and I cherished you, then would you would you be my kitten? No, no, because I still I I, st- I still no because you're still hostile. It does it does make a difference what I say to you. You know that's all nice. I mean it's very no because that, that's you're、nice. being very withholding. There's something I want to hear from you, and you you will refuse to give it to me. You seem kidding. If I could be any animal, I'd be a dog. Dog has the best life, the best. My dog, for instance, everything done for him. You know what my mother does? After he goes outside, well, this is true. After he goes outside to pee, I know it's or whatever, she takes him inside, she washes his, and then she washes his feet. She's out of her mind.
can be an animal. If you could choose to be one animal, what animal would you be and why? I would be a thoroughbred, a racing horse. They're well-groomed, they're well-taken care of, and they bring you money. What's the, what's the question? If you had to be an animal, what animal would you want to be? Oh, a wolf! <laughs> a wolf, <laughs> because after men! I want to be a wolf, because a wolf goes after, like a... Watch out, she likes them young. Oh, yeah. Mama always said, if you have to chase a man, always chase a young guy. Don't you? Uweka, uweka, managuria. Moito, moito. What is a 73-year-old man going to do? Three pills, my Nothing. No, 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 no. I got to watch the real thing. But a 20, 30, 40. The sneakiest animal in the world is how I would describe Chris. Most people would say a rat. <laughs> no, no, not for the reasons no, of a it, snitch or anything. For you? A, I'd sne- have to... a snake. A snake. Okay. But I'm loyal. Very loyal. Very loyal. I'm, I'm a... Sneaky. Also, I consider myself Sneaky. a fox. Very slick, sly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know. Always trying to outwit, outthink. Exactly. Outwit. Even myself. Outwit. Definitely. That's you. If I could be any animal, I would be a German Shepherd. I love dogs, but uh, if I had to be uh, reinforced, I want to be an eagle. Fine, nice, in the mountains. If I could be any animal in the world, I think I'd rather be a bird, because they can fly free. So I know I, I've all could lick his own Oh, please, would you stop that? If I could lick my own I stay in all day. Oh my. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a mule On Wiretap today, you heard Murray Silkoff, Sam Shalabi, and the regulars at D'Amico's Coffee Shop in Brooklyn, New York. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Bergwintonic, Wendy Dore, and Carolyn Warren. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. Or would you rather be a pig?